Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Warning. You're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Welcome to Battleground Live. Uh, it's great to have you here. We've got an amazing show for you today. Um, it's absolutely packed. I mean, we always cram, well, say we. But I always cram way more than we can handle in this show. And sometimes we go over the hour, but you know, there's just so much happening and there's so much that I want you to know. Um, but today was a crazy day. Both of my kids back in school, which frankly, I think is a little bit early, but a couple things I want to tell you about that I'm real proud of both of, of my kids. All my kids, have their names begin with E. So we'll just call them the three E's from now on. But my oldest... Um, had an experience. He's obviously nervous uh, going back to school, going to a new school today. Um, and I thought about that because I ended up going to a new school as well when I was a junior. I ended up going from uh, a public school to a Catholic school. And there was something for me about braiding my faith with my education that was incredibly important to me and gave real, truly meaning to what I was learning in school. Um, but my oldest went from a Catholic school to a public school. So it was a little bit different, but he was, he was nervous. And I remember thinking back to those times where I had a new school, or maybe I went to, to basic or then to airborne school or to ranger school. And each and every one of those times I was, I was really nervous. I was scared. I mean, the first time this drill sergeant storm on the bus, uh, in basic training is a pretty intimidating moment. And I remember not having any friends to begin with. So I, I, I tried to explain that to him, but he got back from school. Um, and he said he had a great day and he powered through it. And so I'm so proud of him. Um, my daughter also started school today, new school. Um, and she said something to me today that made me real proud, uh, when she got home one, she had a great day, which is exciting. Cause as a parent, you're always nervous about how kids are going to handle a new school. Um, and she said, you know, I saw, a, a girl in my class. Um, she was also from a school, like starting school you know, fresh, you know, and she was nervous, didn't have any friends. So 
I went over to to sit with her at lunch and invite her to come over with some of the people that I knew from from the school I came from. And I have to say, I'm real proud about that as well. She is, um, I mean, that's that's the core of what it means to be uh, a good person, someone with a servant's heart. The idea that the pathway to a meaningful life is do is through doing good things for other people. And I'm proud of my two kids uh, handling this adversity of starting a new school. Uh, and obviously, my youngest son, Evan, said, er, Shmevin, Evan, whatever. Everybody knows my kids. You've all seen them on com- uh, campaign commercials. So <laughs> let's not pretend that you don't know them. But they, uh, he said he made six friends. So he's younger. But hey, good good on him for making six friends in his first day of school. So that was pretty amazing. Um, I want to just jump right into our, our first sponsor, founding sponsor, Deepwell. Thank you for sponsoring this show. Thank you for taking a chance on um, what was largely an unknown. And I mean, they're an energy company. They 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 are responsible for giving us and the vast majority of this country, or at least under the Trump administration, cheap, reliable energy. I mean, if you if you like cheap gas and you like a cheap energy bill at your house, thank an energy worker. And most of those people work at great companies like Deepwell and just incredible people. If they're hiring right now. Go to their website, deepwellservices.com. Check them out. Apply for a job. If you're willing, if you're willing to do the work, they're willing to hire you. Five years, you can make over 250 grand with that company. And they're one hell of a company. So thank you to Deepwell. Um, there is a uh, oh, and before I get into the stories, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget to to rumble this uh, on this page. Um, it's super super important. Rumble notices that stuff. It helps drive us to the top of their algorithm, and it helps us grow this show and get advertisers so that we can bring you more content every day. So, and I'm, I'm by the way, I'm super grateful and so glad that you all are here. Um, also, also, oh, the website, go to uh, officialshawnparnell.com for Battleground Apparel. Um, we, we're rolling out the Battleground Apparel Company. This is one of the shirts. Do not comply. This message will directly apply later in the show. <laughs> like, do not comply. Uh, try crazy governments all around the world, even here in America, are starting to roll out these crazy COVID mandates. There's one pathway forward through all of that, and it's don't comply. So if you believe in... Uh, America, this country is an exceptional nation. Battleground Apparel Company is is apparel for patriots. And so go to the website. Uh, we're selling through t-shirts super fast, but we'd love to have you on the team as well. So go there, uh, go there, check out the merch. Um, it's pretty awesome stuff. Um, okay, let's get right to it now. After we got all that stuff out of the way, um, after the show yesterday, I noticed a video of Governor Chris Christie and I saw it and I flagged it and it made me mad. And the reason why it made me mad is that yesterday on the show, I talked about like, why are Republicans attacking President Trump? It seems like Republicans are the first to run when there's any sign of adversity. Republicans rarely, if ever, circle circle their wagons when when there's a fight to be had. Uh, our party always seems fractured. And look, Trump is dominant in this primary. And every single poll that comes out shows him dominating the primary. In fact, one came out today that had him up again, again. And this is a poll from 538, which is not a Republican poll by any means whatsoever. They had Donald Trump beating Joe Biden in the general election by, I think, three points. So still within the margin of error, but he's pretty close to sort of expanding out beyond it. So 
Republicans, though, refusing to acknowledge this reality, can continue to stab President Trump in the back and and do things that I just don't think are good for the soul of our party. Now, I'm not talking about you know, Republicans that are running in a primary. Generally speaking, I think primaries are good. It gives candidates an opportunity and frankly, it gives President Trump an opportunity to hone his message, be the kind of candidate that he's that he wants to be and, and prep for a general election. There are some Republicans that are getting me really fired up that I'm starting to get angry about. Uh, Chris Christie is one of those people. And I saw this. Well, I should say Chris Christie. Uh, what I, I stumbled upon the name White Lizzo, and the reason why I stumbled that people are calling Chris Christie White Lizzo, and I guess the name has evolved to Garden State Lizzo, is I was trying to do some research on on this Lizzo controversy with her and her dancers. I don't know why. I mean, I was just curious, um, but I threw Lizzo's name into Twitter just to get a sense of what was going on, and. All of these videos and all of these news articles, all these tweets about Chris Christie referring to him as White Lizzo. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. They they changed, they they made sure to change his race, but not his gender. <laughs> so like just White Lizzo again evolved into Garden State Lizzo. Uh, and I see this video of Chris Christie yesterday, and it just made me so mad. Um, and I'll explain to you why after you watch it. He's a coward. There's no other conclusion to come to that he's both afraid of me and he's afraid of defending his record. And if I had his record, I'd be nervous about showing up too. I mean, let's face it, guys. By Wednesday, he's going to be out on bail in four different jurisdictions. That really? When are we going to stop thinking that's legal? When are we going to allow our country to understand again that nominating someone who's out on bail in four jurisdictions is not a winning formula. First of all, that video was taken from a Twitter account called Republican Accountability Project. And it, it, it they want to make you believe that it's an account uh, run by Republicans against irresponsible Republicans. No, it's not. It's an account run by the Lincoln Project, a bunch of left wing hacks that hate everything Republicans stand for. Now, a couple things like you think that Chris Christie it, it, that that Donald Trump is somehow afraid of Chris Christie. First of all, patently absurd on its face, and I'll tell you why in a second. But the talking point that let's not pretend that you know President Trump he's going to be out on bail in four states. You're damn right that's not normal. We have a, a Department of Justice that is manipulating and twisting our system to politically persecute the 45th president of the United States. But that's not why Chris Christie thinks it's unacceptable. He thinks our justice system is operating independently. And therein lies the problem, folks. This is a man that doesn't understand the moment that we're in. And, And by the way, the only reason he is in this race is to settle a personal vendetta. And I'll tell you why. Chris Christie back in 2015, 2016, was vying to be President Trump's vice president. That did not happen. Trump turned him down. Obviously, he picked Mike Pence for that job. Chris Christie wanted a job in the Trump administration. So Donald Trump being the the man that he is, threw Chris Christie a bone and gave him a chance to be in charge of, of Trump's transition team, of his transition team. Donald Trump was obviously elected to the presidency in 2016 on November 8th. And found out immediately that Chris Christie 
was packing the, the Trump administration with New Jersey cronies and lobbyists and loyalists who were loyal to Chris Christie and not to Donald Trump. And so you know what Donald Trump did? He did what he does so well on November 11th, just a few days after Donald Trump was elected to the presidency, Donald Trump gave him the, you fired. He fired Chris Christie. And so what Chris Christie is doing now by his own admission, by being in this presidential race is to go after President Trump, is to try to take out President Trump, like knock him out, like attack him to settle a personal vendetta. This is something that's personal. So here we have Chris Christie putting himself before the needs of this country, trying to settle a personal vendetta before what's right for America and for the soul of our Republican Party. And, and don't forget, like this isn't the first time that Chris Christie has kneecapped a Republican nominee or Republican frontrunner or Republican running for president. You remember when Hurricane Sandy happened uh, John McCain was running for president and there was that photo op of Chris Christie. Now, look, I mean, at the time, like President Obama's the commander in chief, uh, Chris Christie was a governor of New Jersey. Hurricane Sandy devastated New Jersey. But you have to wonder why Chris Christie did the photo op. I mean, he could have he could have accepted and graciously accepted President Obama's support and did what's right for the people of New Jersey as they rebuilt that area. But he didn't have to give him a photo op, which was then used as a part of left-wing propaganda to attack John McCain. Now, the interesting thing about all of this is that not only did Chris Christie get in the race to settle a personal vendetta, after he didn't get what he wanted from President Trump, he went and he cried on CNN about it. And then Chris Christie, when he didn't get what he wanted, wasn't a part of the Trump administration, went to work for ABC for a half a million dollars a year to be the useful idiot Republican used to attack other Republicans, but namely Donald Trump. And that is exactly why Chris Christie is out there blustering about saying that Donald Trump is afraid to debate him and that Donald Trump is a coward. It's not about this country. It's not about President Trump. It's about Chris Christie trying to settle a personal vendetta. Period. End of story. So pivoting to the next to the next topic, uh, Biden in Maui. I want to start first with a personal story um, of when I, I somehow, by the grace of God, made it home from Afghanistan alive. Um, I became the battalion rear detachment commander, and my job was to train young soldiers to go into the fight of Afghanistan, take care of the wounded ones who came home. And then my job was to perform casualty notification and casualty assistance. So soldiers, men and women who were killed in service of this country, it would be my job to be that knock at the door and notify them that their spouse or their son or their daughter was killed in service to our great country. And in many ways, that job was a thousand times worse than actually being in combat front towards enemy, it, you know, because as the army trains you to go and fight, shoot, move and communicate together and win wars, the army tries to train you uh, in grief counseling uh, to prep you for those moments when you're at the door and you actually give them the, the word that their son or daughter isn't coming home. And in those moments, you watch somebody's world completely, completely fall apart. And 
I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but my deployment, but the second deployment uh, to Afghanistan, um, I couldn't deploy. Uh, I couldn't deploy because I was wounded on my first one. I was in the process of being medically retired. But we, my battalion went right back into the meat grinder in eastern Afghanistan. Now, men that had barely made it home alive were sent right back in nine months, 10 months later. It's absolutely terrible. And I basically funeral hopped for that entire summer, like in the spring offensive and the entire summer of 2009. So men that I loved, that I bled with, somehow we made it home alive, went right back in, and many of them didn't come back from that second deployment. And I had to, in fact, there was even a moment where I had to tell a father, he had twins serving in the same unit, one in Bravo Company 287, one in Charlie Company 287. They were wounded on like back-to-back days. I had to call this father and tell him that their sons were wounded and, and like like two calls in two days that his twins were wounded. It was just the worst job in the world. But I was talking to Melanie. Melanie's my wife. She is the commander, the unquestioned commander of Fort Parnell, that one of the things that they train you on is you go through this grief counseling and training and how to handle those moments when people lose everything. And, and no joke, they, they literally tell you, listen, when someone loses everything, when they lose part of their soul and their life and part of who they are, sometimes it's best to just say nothing. You know, as when you go through something like that and you're with somebody who's grieving, who's lost just so much, there's a tendency for us as people to want to meet in the middle with some experience of our own. And most of the time that comes from a good place of, of just trying to connect with that person, trying to identify in some way with what they're going through. And again, up here, it sounds okay. But as we verbalize it, most of the time, it doesn't work out the way that we planned. And part of the training, no joke, was that we had, I had this, this officer who was training us. He said, you know, we've had people in the wake of, you know, giving a notification, telling, telling a, a spouse or a loved one that, or, or a, a, a wife or, or a father or mother that their loved one wasn't coming home that at, right in the moment after losing that we've had people, notification officers say, you know what? I know exactly how you feel. Like I lost my cat last winter and it was just hell. No joke. He used that, that very same example. And so you flash forward to how Biden, um, is handling this wildfire in Maui. I didn't have high hopes for him going in because as I've talked about since I started this show was that oftentimes he approaches things that are unbelievably sensitive or these devastating, you know, wildfires or natural disasters or terrorist attacks whatever with uh American servicemen and women wounded in combat with a stunning stunning lack of empathy. Often, you know, those times where he tries to meet people in the middle, they're not even real experiences that he has, just outright complete lies. And it just sickens me. And so when Biden um, arrived in Maui, he was greeted by people. And look, if you've got kids that are listening or you're, you're, you're listening to this while you're cooking dinner or you're driving home, you've got kids in the car. There's going to be some terse language in this next clip. So so just, you know, earmuffs if you've got kids around. But I think it's very, very important that you hear the un, you hear 
what these people are saying. You you hear the frustration in their voices uh, uh, about President Biden being completely MIA in their hour of need. Let's go ahead. Wow, he's finally here. Wow, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing. Fuck you. 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 Hey, right here. Hey, fuck you, Joe Biden. Fuck you. Fuck you. I mean... Again, I'm sorry. I know the language was 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 terse, but this is how the people of Maui are feeling right now. And I think rightfully so. I would be frustrated too. Uh, where's this where's the American commander in chief been? Uh, just to give you a quick rundown. The guy was on vacation on the beach when he found out about Maui. The wildfire Killed well over a thousand people. Hundred, I think, one hundred fourteen confirmed dead as of today. Far more are missing. Many of those that are missing are children. The Hawaiian government, as from governor on down to the mayor of Maui to emergency management director to the hippy dippy guy in charge of the water, all of these mouth breathers are keeping information from the people. They're not being transparent. And Biden, their commander in chief. By the way, the people of Hawaii voted for, by and large, for an overwhelming numbers for Joe Biden has been completely MIA. And frankly, this visit, he he was completely lost in the sauce. And I'll tell you, folks, I have experienced in my day some terrible leaders, wh- whether it's in combat when people's lives are aligned, people not making the right decisions. I have made bad decisions that, that have caused people to get hurt. I get it. I've been in those situations before. Um, I have been attached to the political world since 2014 when Mitt Romney was running for president, um, uh, helped write bills for Concerned Veterans for America, was intimately involved in crafting the Mission Act, which gave veterans choice. I mean, you name it. I've been involved in politics for a long time, Democrat, Republican presidents each. I have never, ever in my life seen any president act so callously and moronic in the wake of a tragedy. But look at Joe Biden here um, after he's done giving this speech to people who were who were grieving. This is this is this is his moment. This is he. This is his moment to address the people of 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 Maui, the people affected by this wildfire. Look at look at him at the end of this speech. Check this out. The guy doesn't even know where he is. After he gives the speech, he goes on this tour. And you're not going to believe what he says when he's out there on this tour uh, looking at the devastation uh, after the wildfires. Check this out. You guys catch the boots out here? That's a hot crown, man. There's some hot ground, man. Well, no kidding. You freaking mouth breather. Like thousands, over a thousand Americans were killed. Of course the ground is going to be hot. Like, really, is it really appropriate 
for you right now to be to be joking with people. I mean, it's just like, is it too much to ask to just show a little empathy? And then he gets another opportunity to address the people of Maui. And remember when I told you earlier about how when you know, Americans, when, when we when we meet someone who is suffering a tremendous loss, oftentimes the America, what Americans want to do is meet in the middle with a story of loss of our own. Most of the time, for most normal people, that comes from a good place, as inappropriate as it might be. Um, but what Joe Biden often says in these moments are complete and total lies. Like, you're not going to believe this. Check this out. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded, you know, there's an old expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. And the Oh, oh, you, you almost lost your 67 Corvette in your cat? I mean, folks, you can't make this up. Part of our training, like I just told you how people have this strange proclivity to talk about their cats in moments of unbelievable loss. Joe Biden is comparing what these people went through and the loss of their children to him losing a Corvette and his cat. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, the entire thing was a complete and total lie. According to a report from the time, okay, the lightning strike caused a small fire contained in the kitchen that was under control in 20 minutes. This man is a crazy pathological liar and I want to read something to you. The reason why this is just so egregious is because this is from survivor testimony. And I want you to put yourself in the shoes of these survivors who've just been through hell, who just lost members of their family. They've lost everything. They just had to listen to Joe Biden come in there and give a speech about rebuilding better. Like, we're going to rebuild this better. Can you imagine how people feel hearing that when they've lost everything? You're going to, you might have lost a child. You might have lost a spouse. You might have lost a loved one, just lost your house. And, oh, but we're going to come back and rebuild it better. How the hell do you replace what some of these people lost? Listen to this. She and her husband tried to get home to Fuentes as soon as they learned of the fire, but got stuck in traffic. When she got out of the car to run to the house, she faced a police barricade. She couldn't get home. Later, after running past the officers, first responders told her the area had been cleared and no one was there. When they finally allowed, when they, when they were finally allowed to go to their house two days later, they found the body of their 14-year-old son hugging the family's dead dog. He was just days away from celebrating his 15th birthday. And here you have Joe Biden talking about his damn Corvette. And his stupid cat, you know, like to these people who have lost everything.
if that's not dereliction of duty, if that doesn't make your blood boil as Americans, then I don't know what to tell you. Because this guy, what I told you, he's not just a, a liberal. We don't just, he's not just a Democrat where we disagree on some policy decisions. This man is a woefully detached, evil, terrible, pathological liar. And he's always been an evil, terrible, pathological liar. Check out this clip on a, a long history of the Biden lies. I mean, my takeaway from this moment was his proclivity to exaggerate and his lack of empathy. And on the subject of exaggeration, let's take a walk down memory lane. I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home. I remember spending time at, uh, you know, uh, going to uh, the, uh, you know, the Tree of Life synagogue, speaking with the I used to tell Frank Church this, I got a, my first job offer where I wanted, my wife, deceased wife and I wanted to move to Idaho because it's not a joke. It's such a beautiful, beautiful state. And I interviewed for a job with Boise Cascade. I did not walk in the shoes of generations of students who walk these grounds, but I walk other grounds because I'm so damn old I was there as well. <laughs> Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested anyway. I was appointed to the academy in 1965 by a senator who I was running against in 1972. <laughs> Never planned it that way. I was, wasn't old enough to be sworn in. I was only 29 years old when I was running. He was a fine man. His name was J. Caleb Boggs. I didn't come to the academy because I wanted to be a football star. I mean, the New York Post fact check this Puerto Rican community. There were only 2000 Puerto Ricans in Delaware at the time. No evidence he was ever arrested. No evidence he ever visited Tree of Life Synagogue. As for that job at the lumber company, representatives said it was news to them. And as for that military appointment, failed to turn up evidence. Do you remember when Joe Biden said he was a truck driver, that he drove an 18 wheeler once? Well, they fact checked that, too. And the only thing I mean, the media pestered his staff about it. And the only thing that they could find and they released this to the media was that, like, you know, Joe Biden 50 years ago sat in, a, in an 18 wheeler once. But to Joe Biden, he's driving a truck along some interstate in some professional truck. The guy's a crazy pathological liar, even on a more serious note. The guy lied about the passing of how his wife of, of his wife and his daughter. He said that a drunk driver, you know, a guy drank his lunch and crashed into it, blew through a stop sign, crashed it. I mean, that was a total lie. Joe Biden ruined that man's life telling that lie. How often does he talk about Bo and how he died in Iraq? Bo didn't die in Iraq. I mean, it was tragic what happened to him, but he did not die in Iraq. Joe Biden is a terrible, evil person. He's a pathological liar. And the fact that the media doesn't call him out on this stuff on a regular basis is beyond me. Can you imagine what the media would be doing if Trump flew in to Maui and talked about his, his like losing his cat and, oh, my God, I almost lost my Corvette. The damn news cycle for the next two years, the remainder of his presidency would be nothing. But these libs melting down about that moment forever. But not only are they not covering the, the buffoonish, mouth-breathing nature of this evil Joe Biden, not only are they totally not covering all of these mishaps, they're not even covering the tragedy itself. 
<laughs> hundreds, if not maybe a thousand kids could be dead. We don't even know. We're not getting any accurate reporting. It's absolutely tragic. <sighs> I mean, so Joe Biden was also at a memorial ceremony for uh, the people who survived and the people who were lost. Just a remembrance ceremony for them. Uh, check this out. Look at this. You see this guy? Yeah, that's Joe Biden right there on camera in the middle of this ceremony where they're remembering those that were lost. That's Joe Biden sleeping. He can't even be bothered to stay awake during a ceremony where they are remembering people who were lost. Do you remember when the, the servicemen and women who were killed in Afghanistan during his, his blunderous surrender there were killed? He went to the dignified transfer of remains at Dover, and he's sitting there doing this number while he's, you know, while they're bringing the caskets, uh, the flag draped coffins off of the bird, checking his watch. This folks, this man is not a good person. He's a terrible human being. And this nation right now is stands on a very, very thin line between hope and darkness. And the man that's leading this country is leading us into that darkness headlong. And I'm telling you, the only thing that's going to stop this, the only thing that's going to stop him are people like you. People like you saying, hell no. America deserves a better class of leaders. Hell no. Not only am I going to vote in 2024, I'm going to poll watch in 2024. I'm going to tell every damn person that I come into contact, every member of my family, all my friends, every single person that I see grocery shopping in Walmart, I'm going to tell them to get out and vote against Joe Biden. And that's part of what this show is all about, to make you aware of the truth so you can go live that truth and debunk these liberal lies that that were that are foisted upon us every day. But you are the only thing standing between Joe Biden and five more years of the presidency and him leading this nation headlong into darkness, which may not affect us, but you'd be damn well sure that are, that will affect our kids. And speaking of a slow march into darkness. You know, our leaders here in this country, both Democrat and Republican, are slow marching us into World War III. But before I get to that, let me just thank Cabot Guns real quick. Um, they're a Western Pennsylvania-based uh, 1911 pistol manufacturer. They make the Rolls-Royce of 1911 pistols. They're real shooter guns. Um, I have one. Shoots like a dream. Um, it's got the little outlaw platoon, the green skull uh, emblem right there on the slide, custom made for me. Uh, absolutely amazing, amazing works of art, but they also are developing tactical pistols and stuff. They got an amazing account on Instagram. Go look them up on Cabot Guns. Just check them out. Um, they're actually hiring as well. So go to their website. If, if you're interested in working for a company that is, that's fantastic, that is pro-Second Amendment, that's pro-America, stop supporting these companies that hate you. Stop giving money to companies that despise what you stand for. Start supporting companies like Cabot, start supporting companies like Deepwell who actually make our country better. Allow us, in Cabot's case, to protect and defend our constitution if need be. So Cabot Guns, check them out. Thank you for being uh, one of the sponsors of this program. None of this is possible without you. Um, okay, getting back to Ukraine and the slow motion march into World War III. I've told you from the very beginning that the best that this country can hope for in Ukraine is 
a long-term stalemate. And that's that's given the Ukrainian military a hell of a lot of credit. The the idea that they could even withstand, you know, a a a military in in Russia that is more modern, that is more numerous, that is stronger than them. And they're the, with a literal Russian horde. Best we could hope for would be a stalemate. But you see and I've lived this experience both in Iraq and then in Afghanistan and other contingency operations all over the world. But the longer these countries remain in protracted stalemate and conflict, the more likely it is for American sons and daughters to have to be the more likely it is for American sons and daughters to be dragged into that conflict. And that's my big concern. And anybody that's out there that has a Ukrainian flag in their bio that's that 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 supports this war, that supports an escalation of the war, that supports your tax dollars to the tune of well over a hundred billion dollars going to that fight, investing investing frankly in Ukrainian bureaucrat pensions and Voyager Zelensky, who by the way, before he was president of that country, he was a PP pianist. I mean. He, he was a guy that paraded around naked, was a comedian. And now you've got the media out there talking how he's some embodiment of freedom. And, you know, George W. Bush is calling him our generation's Winston Churchill. And, and Chuck Schumer, the, the leader, the Senate majority leader is out there saying, he's the embodiment of freedom. And we should. Why? Why? In fact, if I didn't know any better especially when you take into consideration all of the corrupt business deals that the Biden family, the Biden family crime syndicate has in Ukraine. If I didn't know better, it seemed like this was just one big money laundering operation because all of these Ukrainian bureaucrats are figuring out a way. I mean, you know this. I mean, just throw this into a search engine and look it up for yourself. They're figuring out ways to siphon our tax dollars off into their personal accounts. They're buying boats. They're buying mansions in other countries. They're, they're as corrupt Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries on the face of the planet. So why we continue to spend American taxpayer dollars here, the tunes of over well over $100 billion is beyond me, especially given what we just talked about, what's happening in Maui. It Not only do I think it's just wrong, right, from a foreign policy standpoint, I think it's like what we're doing in Ukraine and escalating this fight and prohibiting a peace agreement there is wrong globally. It's wrong for the people of Ukraine. It's wrong for the people of this country. And it's morally wrong because our leaders should be focused on our people. Our leaders should be focused on problems that we have here in America. Our leaders should be focused on people in Maui and the suffering there. Our leaders should be focused on combating the fentanyl crisis and securing our border and protecting our sovereignty. But they're not. They're focused on escalating a war that could lead us into World War III. And the information that we're getting from both Democrats and Republicans who support this war is not accurate. In fact, the vast majority of it is propaganda. The idea that Putin would attack nuclear power plants that he controls and manages with no strategic reason for him to do it. In fact, if, if on a, like 99% of the time, like if one of those power plants was destroyed, the wind is blowing towards his own country and he's not going to irradiate his own country especially when doing something like that would escalate the conflict and make his strategic goals even more difficult. Think, folks, think. None of this makes any sense. And if things don't make sense in this day and age, I have to believe that there's some sort of cover-up or sinister motive. 
what's happening in Ukraine, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Just like what happened in Hawaii, so many unanswered questions, a lot of unanswered questions there. It doesn't make sense there because we're clearly not being given all the information that we need from our leaders. Tucker did a, a fascinating interview with Colonel McGregor, who is an, also an outspoken critic of the war in Ukraine, as am I, because the reality is, and here's my reasoning, and I want you to know this, I don't want your son or daughter fighting in Ukraine. War is hell. It fundamentally changes you. Our job as leaders in this country, Democrat or Republican, are doing everything that we can to prevent war. And that's what I admired the most about Donald Trump. He was the ultimate peacetime president. This is the guy that cared about brokering peace agreements and put diplomacy first. Now, that's not to say that there are some things that that there there are things that are worth fighting for. And God, if America was ever at risk, I'd be first in line to defend this country. But we should not be sending American sons and daughters into the fight frivolously where they would shed blood for a cause that is not righteous, that is not in defense of this country. And I just don't think that Democrats or Republicans put that on the forefront of their mind when they're making these disastrous foreign policy decisions and escalating these conflicts. Look, 20 years of failure in Iraq and Afghanistan. Prove me wrong. What do we have to show for Iraq? Nothing. In fact, I would argue a net negative. We left the vacuum there, which created ISIS. We actually empowered Iran. <laughs> Iraq was a check against Iran. We actually empowered Iran by deposing Saddam Hussein and taking over Iraq. What do we have to show in Afghanistan? Nothing. In fact, the Taliban control billions of dollars of military equipment. They're in charge of the capital. They took over everything in three weeks. Thousands of Americans dead, even more Afghans and Iraqis killed, trillions of American dollar, taxpayer dollars spent. And for what? You know, Americans are still stranded on the battlefield in, in Afghanistan. And we're spiraling into a conflict with Ukraine. Why? How is this in the best interest of our country? Have we learned nothing? I mean, 20 years of failure and we're already going into another war? It makes absolutely no sense. I won't tolerate it. Tucker is one of the few people that are giving dissenting opinions about the war, which is why I value them so much, because I want you to have the information necessary to think about these issues on your own. And so check out his open uh, on his episode yesterday with with Douglas McGregor. Check this out. Pretty much everything that NBC News and the New York Times have told you about the war in Ukraine is a lie. The Russian army is incompetent, they claim. Ukraine is a democracy. Vladimir Putin is Hitler and he's trying to take over the world. Thankfully, the Ukrainians are winning. None of that is true. Every claim is false, the last one especially. The Ukrainian army is not winning. In fact, it's losing badly. Ukraine is being destroyed. Its population is being slaughtered in lopsided battles with a technologically superior enemy or scattered by the millions to the rest of the globe as refugees. Ukraine is running out of soldiers. As that happens, the question will inevitably arise, who's going to replace them? If the Ukrainians can't beat Putin, who will? The answer, of course, will be us. American troops will fight the Russian army in Eastern Europe. That's most likely. And the assumption is, we'll win. But will we win? Probably not. 
says former Army Colonel Douglas McGregor, a decorated combat veteran who advised the Secretary of Defense in the last administration. The U.S., says McGregor, is on the brink of a catastrophic war that could very easily destroy us. Few Americans seem to understand that, but they should. Doug McGregor is now the CEO of Our Country, Our Choice, and we sat down with him recently. This conversation is worth hearing. First of all, uh, thank you to those who are giving in the in the super chats. Kevin and Pops, um, you don't have to do that, but thank you. You know, anything that that is contributed to the show is getting invested right back into the show to bring you more more awesome content. You know, I mean, we're partnered with Wendy Bell. Like we're growing this show like gangbusters and none of this is possible without great people like you. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, But everything that Tucker said in that intro was spot on. Everything that you're being told about the war in Ukraine is a lie. Every major media outlet, uh, everything they've told you about Zelensky, everything they've told you about how Ukraine is faring on the battlefield, that yes, indeed, this is a just cause and that the Russians are evil and Ukrainians are good. I mean, I will tell you firsthand that oftentimes when you're on the battlefield, the answers to those questions are far more complicated than they're being portrayed to us right now. There's a lot of gray area. That's why they call it the fog of war, folks. Um, One of the things that the vast majority of people don't realize is that the United States actually prohibited a peace agreement with with Russia. Zelensky, when he ran, the PPPianist, now again, like he ran for president of Ukraine on peace. You know, he wanted to broker a peace. He didn't want war. But once he was elected, the U.S. put their finger on the scale and his position immediately shifted. And now he's been entangled and dragged into a fight with Russia at great cost to his own people and at great cost to his own country. But we're the, we're the ones who stopped that from happening. Why? Check out this clip. Listen to Douglas McGregor explain it. Who is Zelensky? Exactly. How would you characterize Zelensky? Well, Zelensky. George W. Bush called him our generation's Winston Churchill. uh, Well, this is W, right? Yeah. Not a very thoughtful man. Uh, He was a comedian who made a living uh, acting on stage, frequently pretending to be a transvestite, doing things with uh, various body parts that I won't go into. And he was picked up by an oligarch named Kolomoisky. Kolomoisky is the individual who's probably more responsible than anybody else for funding this atrocity we call the Azov Regiment that runs around with the swastikas and Nazi gear and so forth. And he was picked and then blessed by Victoria Nuland and, and the State Department as their man. Now, when he originally ran for office, he ran on a peace platform. And he was overwhelmingly elected across the country because he said, if I am elected as your president, I will make peace with Russia. Ukrainians didn't want to go to war with Russia. Uh, They were looking for a way out of this and a resolution to the crisis. Of course, once he was in there, he took a different road. And I can't help but think that that road was defined for him by us. This This interview is fascinating on so many levels. If you haven't seen it, Make your way over to Tucker's Twitter account and watch it. It's illuminating, regardless of how you feel about Ukraine, 
you know, I, I get it. Like there are probably Republicans who disagree with me. I mean, obviously you're welcome to watch the show. I want to hear your feedback. Like I completely understand where you're coming from. Uh, there was a time where I bought into uh, much of what the government said about uh, war. You know, I supported the Iraq war when we first went in. But now after all the lies our government has told us both you know, with COVID and the 2020 election and vaccines and everything in between and our weaponization of our justice system. I don't trust a damn thing the government says anymore. And the fact that the United States is prohibiting a peace agreement with between Ukraine and Russia. Why? why? I'll tell you exactly why. Because there's no money in peace. When Eisenhower said, beware the military industrial complex. I think it was Eisenhower. Um, when he said that, this is what he meant. This is what he meant. You know, people profit enormously from war and conflict. And I'll tell you, this is why I appreciated President Trump as much as I did. Because he was asked about the war in Ukraine, a, a ridiculous question by Caitlin Collins, by the way, of CNN. I mean, of course. But he was asked a ridiculous question by her. Like, basically, who do you want to win the war? Russia or Ukraine? Like a stupid, stupid question. Obviously, she's trying to bait him into saying something kind about Putin, which, by the way, I mean, Putin's not a good person, right? I get it. He's a dictator. I don't like him. If he died tomorrow, I I mean, maybe the world would be a better place. But frankly, I don't know, because the question is the devil that you know is it can be better than the devil that you don't. And the person that who replaces him could be a thousand times worse, could glass Ukraine in a second, drag us into a, a nuclear conflict. You just don't know. So that's why I reject these regime change wars now. I don't like it. I don't like what they leave in their wake. They oftentimes leave a vacuum of chaos and instability. But when President Trump responded to Caitlin Collins during that CNN town hall, I thought his I thought his answer was perfect. And and this is why I appreciated him. Listen to what he says in this clip. Absolutely. Do you want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this this country. You but said one you of the don't things think you have to do is you have losing. to get the, you have Mr. to President, get Europe. Can I just follow up on that because that's a really important no, excuse me, statement let me that just you just made up. there. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying, Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying, and I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you but won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You, you know what I'll you say? In, I'll say this. I want Europe to put up more money because they're in for 20 billion. We're in for 170, but and they should an be. And they should, should equalize. The they have plenty of money. They should equalize. I got with NATO. But I'm when I sat down, I got them right to now, put up Mr. hundreds President. of billions. Of- what a stupid question that she doubled and tripled down on. Who do you want to win the war? I'll tell you who's losing the war it are the people of Ukraine. Like it's a callous question because Ukrainians are dying by the tens of thousands. Russian conscripts who don't want to be in a fight with Ukraine, they're dying as well. The human suffering that's involved in these conflicts is is unbelievable. And I appreciate a president who is cautious with war and conflict. 
Because if he's cautious with the lives of other countries involved in conflicts and wants to bring those countries to a peace agreement, bring those leaders to the table to strike and broker a peace, that means he's going to be cautious with your son and daughter as well. This is what I mean when I say Americans deserve a better class of leadership. And that's why, part of the reason why I support President Trump. You got half the people that are going to be on that debate stage tomorrow talking about how we need to send more money to Ukraine and send them F-16s and Abrams tanks and, and nuclear weapons if need be. That is not strength. That kind of saber rat saber rattling BS is not strength. <laughs> Russia would have never thought about invading Ukraine under Donald Trump because he personifies strength in his rhetoric, in his language, and everything that he did in the White House. People didn't mess with that guy. They see weakness now, and they see Republicans saber-rattling, trying to escalate this fight. And all these, all these warmongers are like, oh, man, I'm going to make lots of money. All the military-industrial complex, oh, man, I'm going to make lots of money. All these generals, all these admirals that had stars on their shoulder once when they were in the military, they go serve on these boards of, of Raytheon and Lockheed Martin and all these companies who profit from war. These are the people that used to make strategic decisions for our military that are now serving on the, very, on the boards of the very companies that benefit the most from these conflicts. Hell no. I appreciate Trump dissenting. And he's exactly right. Ukraine has paid an unbelievable cost that is not reported. Check this out. How would you assess and describe the state of the war in Ukraine right now? That's an important question. And not enough people have good answers at this point. I think all of the lies that have been told for more than a year and a half about the Ukrainians are winning, the Ukrainian cause is just. The Russians are evil. The Russians are incompetent. All of that is collapsing. And it's collapsing because what's happening on the battlefield is horrific. The Ukrainians now, we think, have lost 400,000 men killed in battle. Uh, we were talking about 300, 350,000 a few months ago. It was the last month of this supposed counteroffensive, which was to sweep the battlefield. They lost at least 40,000 killed. We don't even know how many people have been wounded, but we know that probably upwards of 40 to 50,000 soldiers are amputees. We know the hospitals are full. And we know that Ukrainian units at the platoon and company level, that's with anywhere from 50 to 150 to 200 men, are in piecemeal fashion surrendering to the Russians. Not because they don't want to fight, it's because they can't fight anymore. They have so many wounded, they can't evacuate them. And commanders are saying, well, if I can't evacuate my wounded, I'm going to surrender because otherwise the wounded will die. And so they call the Russians, and they, they all speak Russian, and tell them on the radio, look, I, I've got 50, 60 wounded here. I'm going to surrender because I don't want them to be killed. And the Russians from the very beginning have always treated the Ukrainian soldiers very fairly and very gently. And so they know they're not going to be abused or mistreated. They know they can actually be exchanged for Russian prisoners in the future. So they're surrendering. And I think we're going to see this army that we've been spending so heavily on increasingly melt away. And at the same time, as we're talking, if you look at this long banana-shaped strip of territory in southern Ukraine that the Russians control, if you go to the northeastern corner of that, south of this city called Kharkiv, there are major offensive operations taking place there right now. And the Ukrainian forces are being swept away in front of the Russians. 
And again, all of this, all of this happens in a way that is just not reported in the West. And in the meantime, rather than admit that this is a terrible tragedy that should be ended on humanitarian grounds, if no other, that the killing should stop, as President Trump said, stop the killing. We're going to continue. First of all, Vigilant Fox is one hell of a Twitter account. Like, go follow it, check him out. He always has the best video clips. But I want you to put something into perspective. 400,000 Ukrainians dead. 400,000. 40, 50,000 amputees. But you know what we've done? Not only have we not tried to broker a peace, we sent them cluster bombs that have a fa- like an unbelievable failure rate that will seed some of the most fertile ground in the entire world. Many people believe that Ukraine is the wheat basket of the world with unexploded ordnance for a generation that kids, subsequent generations could just be walking, like step on some, what you call in the military UXO or unexploded ordnance and lose a limb or die. Let's get, yeah, yeah, let's give Ukraine cluster bombs. Yep. Let's, let's, let's give you, yeah, no, no cost there. Let's say let's, uh, uh, give them F-16s and let's escalate the fight even more, which is what the Biden administration just approved recently. 400,000 dead. Absolutely sickening. And very little dissent from Democrats or Republicans on Capitol Hill. Very little dissent from even conservative media on any of this. Uh, that truth telling that you see from Douglas McGregor and Tucker Carlson. I mean, of course, all these like warmongers are quick to call them Putin puppets or whatever the hell that bullshit is. Excuse my language. But like if you're an American and your son or daughter is serving or wants to serve or God forbid is of the age to be drafted and could find themselves fighting on the battlefield in Ukraine in a year, two years time. Do you want all of this information? Do you want a complete picture of what's going on? Or do you want the BS propaganda that's being fed to you now? No, as an American, you should demand accountability. You should demand all of this information. You're always going to get that here. And again, I understand the neoconservative view of like, hey, you know, we're not going to be happy until Americans are like are stationed in every corner of the globe and we're the world's police and all that. I, I, I used to support that. I'm not that anymore. Because I've seen the horrors of war, seen how terrible it is. We should all reject it. So COVID lockdowns and mask mandates are coming back. But before I get to that, uh, some people were also gave in the super chats, um, Box Noggin, um, hell of a name, by the way, gave money. Thank you um, to everybody else that's giving. Thank you. It's and I'm so grateful for it. Um, you're going to help build this studio and 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 more guests, more cam- more cameras. It's going to be awesome. None of this is possible without you. Thank you. Um, and if you're watching this show right now, please subscribe. Hit that little green thumb. Um, hit the like button. Rumble uh, on this on this broadcast. Subscribe to the page as well. It's completely free. Um, we're going to do everything we can to continue to bring you free content uh, that that again. It will allow you to stand on that pillar of truth and fight back against the radical left's lies and all the lies of the mainstream media. Um, really give you the tools that 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 you need to be a humble servant of America, because that's what this show is all about. Um, now, 
on to COVID lockdowns. This is the last block, and we're in the home stretch here. He probably didn't see this on the news anywhere. I'll, I'll tell you, check that. I guarantee you see the fear porn and the fear mongering of lockdowns and mask mandates and COVID's coming back. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Like that's all over the news right now. But the White House quietly released on their website today um, a COVID-19 preparedness plan. And I'm looking at the site here right now. Uh, and Brock, my producer extraordinaire, has got it up there. This is on whitehouse.gov. They rolled out this national preparedness plan. And if you scroll down on this page, just throw it, throw it into a search engine and, and just search COVID mandates. The first thing that will come up is the White House page. It was just updated today. Um, and I want you, I want to read this stuff to you directly. So you know what's coming. They're already crafting this lockdown mask mandate narrative again. And isn't it interesting that they always just happen to coincide with election season? Isn't that crazy? Um the administration will work with Congress to secure the necessary funding to launch an effort to vaccinate America's youngest children as soon as the U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorizes and the CDC recommends a vaccine for that age group. Vaccinate the youngest children? <laughs> Why? Why? Kids have not been affected by COVID. In fact, we've seen horrible, horrible side effects from these vaccines that were foisted and mandated on the American people, especially kids. The Biden administration launched an effort to vaccinate Americans' youngest children. Top, top goal of the initiative. Ensure that Americans of all ages can get the protection of an effective vaccine. Well, we know now that the vaccines were not a vaccine. They were simply a therapeutic that maybe, maybe, maybe like made made COVID less serious. But we know now that not even that was true. It didn't work at all. Like anybody that's paying attention knows that these vaccines just simply weren't effective. So continue, listen to this one. They want, they want, they're going to work with Congress to continue vaccination outreach and education efforts and combat misinformation and disinformation. The greatest purveyor of misinformation and disinformation during the initial COVID outbreak was our government. Unelected bureaucrats who had a little bit of power that the moment that they had the first opportunity to abuse it, they did. That evil little mouth-breathing elf, Dr. Fauci, was one of them. Scarf lady, Dr. Burke, was one of them. The director of the CDC was another one. All of the... Like Randy Weigarden, like I didn't vote for her. I didn't elect her to anything, but even she had a seat at the table as to whether or not we should open our schools so our kids could learn. They're desperately, desperately trying to do this again, folks. There's only one pathway forward, and that's just to say, hell no. Look at a story out of look at a story out of Atlanta. Atlanta College reinstates mask mandates for students, employees on campus. And they actually have the gall to say, it's only for 14 days. Don't worry. 14 days mask. We're 14 days to slow the spread. Don't worry. Can't let them do it, folks. It's absolutely crazy. They remember 14 days turned into 14 months. I mean, we it's like everything that they did during those lockdowns was a crime against humanity, the likes of which we probably haven't seen since some of the dictators in the 20th century. Like, 
the amount of suicides that we experienced in this country because of depression in the wake of these lockdowns skyrocketed after COVID. No one's been held accountable. People lost their businesses and their life savings. No one's been held accountable. People had were forced to watch their loved ones die alone. No one's been held accountable. In fact, Rachel Levine or Richard Levine, the health secretary of Pennsylvania, was promoted. Again, these radical leftist communist mouth-breathing Democrats, they fail up. And I'm telling you, they're trying to ram this stuff on us again. It's coming. All you got to do is pay attention to the news cycle. We cannot allow this to happen again. These unelected bureaucrats came this close to destroying our country, shredding our constitution, and stealing your freedom. And they're trying to do it again. Check out this segment from NBC and all the fear-mongering that they're trying to pull again. COVID is making a comeback this summer, so many of us would like to leave it in the past, but cases are once again on the rise. So when will new booster shots roll out? Ann Thompson asked the CDC director. This summer, most Americans left COVID in the past, gathering together once again mask-free. But tonight, signs of a COVID resurgence. Across the country, COVID hospitalizations jumped more than 14% in the most recent week, but far lower than pandemic levels. NBC News medical contributor Dr. Kavita Patel. What's behind this uptick in COVID that we're seeing? The main driver of this is a variant that's relatively newer to the scene, EG5. It's easier to give and get, so that makes it kind of easier to pass along. It's been almost a year since the last COVID booster came out. CDC Director Dr. Mandy Cohen. The new COVID booster is expected to be approved by the FDA, and then we will make recommendations from the CDC probably by the second or third week of September. Will it protect against this new strain? Yes. The booster is tailored to what we are seeing circulating now. Critics say the federal government is behind once again. Mm -hmm. People knew there was going to be a COVID resurgence. Mm -hmm. So why don't we have a booster today? Why do we have to wait until next month? The way we go about doing our just like we do with our flu shots, right? We make sure that we're looking at the ways in which the virus changed. They look at and evaluate that. The FDA is doing its work. We likely will see this as an annual um, COVID uh, shot, just like the flu shot. Just in time for fall, when we'll also face RSV. Can you take the flu shot, the COVID booster, and the RSV vaccine all at once? So for flu and COVID, yes. RSV, again, is only available for older adults. That's one where I'd say, talk to your doctor about what's right for you. So until the new COVID booster comes, get prepared. Stock up on at-home tests. They do cover that new strain. Keep a mask handy in case you're in a crowded place. And most of all, get your shots, COVID, flu, and RSV, all by Halloween to give yourself your best chance of staying healthy. A reminder Lester. that COVID never went away. All didn't. Right. And thank you. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. Follow today's top stories and breaking news by... Oh, guys, just a reminder, COVID never went away. Keep that mask handy just in... Wait, come on, for God's sake, we all know that masks didn't work. It's the craziest thing in the world. If you're somebody that's, that's working in an airborne contamination unit, you never see those people walking into a, one of those airlock facilities with a stupid paper mask on. Why? Because they don't work. But here we are again, walking right back into an election season with mainstream news outlets pushing this BS on the American people. 
How did the vaccine affect our children? What are doctors seeing on the front lines? Watch this from Dr. Peter McCullough, who's now, by the way, actually able to talk about this stuff again. Check this out. I'm a cardiologist. I can tell you before COVID-19, I saw two cases of myocarditis my entire career. It can happen. It can happen with the parvovirus or adenovirus. Actually, the most deadly form is called giant cell myocarditis, of which we don't know what causes, but two cases over decades. Now I see two cases per day in the clinic. It's that frequent. What we learned is that COVID-19, the viral infection, can cause some myocarditis. The uh, Israeli military, the U.S. military, the NCA uh, college athletic leagues had massive screening programs for COVID myocarditis in 2020 before the vaccines. What did they find? They found a handful of cases that would meet a definition, none serious, no hospitalizations and deaths, none. What happened is those organizations dropped their screening programs. The vaccines were introduced. Within six months, the FDA, the CDC, and every regulatory agency say the vaccines caused myocarditis. COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis is fatal, and people should understand that. Every shot they take, there's a risk. Vaccine-induced myocarditis can be fatal. Yet, what's the number one priority just released on the White House website today is to vaccinate the youngest among us. Why? Folks, I'm telling you, they're going to try this crap again. They're going to try to lock you down. They're going to try to force your loved ones to die alone. They're going to try to mandate you get this vaccine. We have one path forward and one only. You see what this shirt says? It says, do not comply. The only reason why they were able to do this to us in the first place is they used the fear of what was an unknown pandemic at the time to scare us all into complying. We know this is garbage this time. We know this is just fear mongering. We know that when there's a crisis, they use those crises to push forth change in this country that is not in the best interest of you and your family and your children and their future. Anytime that we sacrifice our freedom and give an inch to this government, we never, ever, ever get it back. Do not comply. In fact, that was the only way we were able to get out of this in the first place. As Americans eventually rose up and said, hell no, I'm done with this crap. Do not comply. They try this crap again. You blow them off. You, you protest. You don't send your kid to school in a mask because that's BS. You know it and I know it. In fact, kids have horrible social, psychological, and developmental issues with speech now because they were forced to wear masks when they were younger. Do not comply. I'm tired of this crap. I'm tired of these unelected bureaucrats trying to take this country off of a cliff and create this crazy biomedical security state that is the antithesis of freedom. Not only that, these vaccines, they're, they're harmful. They're harmful. We just simply don't know enough about them. You heard Dr. Peter McCullough, a respected cardiologist, just tell you that he went from seeing hardly any cases of myocarditis to almost two a day. And here we are again, right back in the same damn spot with these unelected bureaucrats trying to force this crap on us again. Do not comply. If you're watching this show for the first time, this show, Battleground Live, is new every single night at 5 o'clock right here exclusively on Rumble. I want you to be in our ranks, to be a part of Parnell's platoon. So if the government tries any of this crap again, 
do not comply. Like this channel, subscribe. It's all completely free. We're building a movement and I want you to be a part of it. So, oh my gosh, George Carlin, if he were alive today, <laughs> what would he say in the face of all this tyranny and these lockdowns and government overreach? Found this video of him, oh God, a long time ago. And I think George Carlin passed away in 2008, was one of the most brilliant comedians ever to walk the earth. Um, but listen to his stand-up routine that he gave, had to have been well over 20 years ago. Check this out and tell me that this does not give you goosebumps. One more way of reducing your liberty and reminding you that they can fuck with you anytime they want, as long as you put up with it, as long as you put up with it, which means, of course, anytime they want. Because that's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's another thing, germs. Where did this sudden fear of germs come from? in this country. Have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, salmonella, E. coli, hantavirus, bird flu, and, and Americans are, they panic easily. So now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. In prisons, before they give you a lethal injection, they swab your arm with alcohol. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Besides, what do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs. But it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. What are you going to do when some super virus comes along that turns your vital organs into liquid shit? <laughs> George Carlin was amazing, isn't he? I mean, he's exactly right. And here's the message that I want you to take with you. The government, look at what happened in Maui. They aren't coming to save you. They don't give a damn about you. They never have. The only thing that matters is our relationship with one another. Put politics aside, all of these crazy, radical political leaders, especially on the left, these commie, mouth-breathing leftists, do not let them divide us. Young versus old, black versus white, rich versus poor, Christian versus atheist versus Jew versus Muslim. To hell with them. We are all Americans first. And the moment that they try to lock us down again, because I'm telling you, it's coming. George Carlin knew it 20 damn years ago. Do not comply. Never trade your freedom for the slightest bit or illusion of government security. It's a trap. It will always be a trap. We are building a movement here on Battleground Live of Americans that have just had enough. We're not going to take this crap anymore. We're going to give you the tools to be humble servants of America here on this show. We're going to speak truth to you every day. We're building a movement. We want you a part of these ranks. And as always, I, I'm so grateful for having you all here with us today. Hey, don't forget like this rumble, right? And please subscribe to this channel and tell people that, hey, you want to join Parnell's platoon? You want to get in the trenches with us and help defend this country, be a humble servant of America too? Well, this is the place for you right here, five o'clock, 
exclusively on on Rumble live every day of the week. So God bless you all. God bless this amazing and crazy country that we call home, America. Take care and God bless. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information see new things try new things go back centuries while living in the moment forge new paths while discovering old ones pedal paddle and paint while trekking tasting and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind your heart and your body on a river cruise exclusively from avalon waterways save with limited time offers at avalonwaterways.com avalon is cruising Elevated. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.